RTHK, the news at one with Carol Musgrave. The top stories. China forecasts that GDP growth will rise to about 5% this year and plans to create 12 million urban jobs in 2023. The central government also expects military spending to increase by 7.2% this year, the eighth year in a row of single-digit growth. And the Premier stresses the need to maintain one country, two systems and boost Hong Kong's long-term prosperity and stability. China is projecting GDP growth of around 5% this year. That's higher than the 3% increase in 2022 as the economy was hit by COVID-19. This comes as Premier Li Keqiang delivered his final government work report, marking the start of the National People's Congress session. Beijing is also targeting inflation to reach around 3% and the creation of 12 million urban jobs in 2023. The Premier spoke about efforts to maintain economic stability in the past year. Confronted with new downward pressure on the economy, we acted decisively and made timely adjustments, made use of policy tools kept in reserve over the recent years, adopt predetermined policies and remain firm in advancing supply-side structural reform. We unveil and implement policies and measures to stabilize the economy, formulate plans for task controlling overall economic stability, set up supervision and support to ensure policy implementation. And we give priority to Meanwhile, an economist from the Peking University called the 5% GDP growth target a little bit conservative, saying it hadn't taken all factors into account. Professor Cao Herping says he's more optimistic about the nation's economic outlook. 5% is a little bit conservative. It should be higher. 6% or 6.5% is could be realized as well. I think 5% leave quite a few space for policy adjustment. A lot of the project and some of consumption expectation has not been realized. China's military spending, meanwhile, will go up by 7.2% in 2023, up slightly from 7.1% last year. That's the eighth year in a row the defence budget will maintain single-digit growth. On Hong Kong, Premier Li Keqiang stressed the need to maintain one country, two systems and boost the SAR's long-term prosperity and stability. We should fully face fully and resolutely implement the policy of one country, two systems, under which the people of Hong Kong and Mr. Hong Kong and Macau and Mr. Macau, both with a high degree of autonomy. We should uphold the stipulated in Chinese uh, constitution, the basic laws of two regions and that Hong Kong and Macau are administered by patriots. We should support Hong Kong and Macau in growing their economy and improve the lives of people and maintain long-term prosperity and stability of the two regions. Chief Executive John Lee, who attended the opening NPC session in Beijing, said he felt encouraged by the Premier's speech. The Chief Executive says his administration will steadfastly uphold one country, two systems and implement the principle of patriots administering Hong Kong. He also added that the SAR will grasp various development opportunities, such as the 14th Five-Year Plan, as well as the Greater Bay Area and Belt and Road Initiatives, to further incorporate the city into the National Development Blueprint. A Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference Standing Committee member, Henry Tang, described Premier Li Keqiang's work report as conservative but practical. In particular, Mr Tang said Mr Li's emphasis on one country, two systems set the tone for the city's development. He was speaking during a virtual media briefing in Beijing.
he has highlighted several very important points as far as the country's development is concerned, and also as far as Hong Kong is concerned. Once again, I've mentioned their insistence of supporting the one country, two system, and the prosperity and the development of Hong Kong. We will work together with government very closely on Hong Kong becoming a major exchange between mainland and international on cultural issues. The weather, fine and dry during the day with moderate easterly winds, occasionally fresh offshore. The outlook mainly fine and dry in the next few days, but cool in the mornings and at night. The temperature now is 22 degrees and the humidity is 29%. You're listening to RTHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past one. Turning overseas now and members of the United Nations have reached the first ever international agreement to protect the world's oceans that lie outside national boundaries. Delegates applauded as the agreement was finally signed in New York. The BBC's Esme Stallard has details. It took almost two days of back-to-back negotiations, but countries from around the world finally came to an agreement on how to protect the high seas. These are the international waters that sit beyond any country's jurisdiction. They cover two-thirds of the world's oceans and play host to most of our marine life. Until now, all countries had a right to fish, ship and do research there. But this has left the animals and plants living in the high seas at risk from threats, including climate change, overfishing and shipping traffic. The British government has said it will do whatever it takes to stop migrants crossing the channel in small boats. The British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and his Interior Minister Suella Braverman have been talking to British newspapers about legislation that's expected to be proposed in the coming weeks. The BBC's Helen Catt has more. Rishi Sunak has made stopping small boat crossings one of his five priorities for government. He's expected to announce it with the Home Secretary Suella Braverman next week. Newspaper reports suggest it will include making asylum claims inadmissible from those who travel to the UK on small boats and placing a duty on the Home Secretary to remove anyone who arrives that way as soon as reasonably practicable to Rwanda or a safe third country. It's reported that arrivals will be prevented from claiming asylum while in the UK and that there are plans to ban them from returning. Some organisations have raised concerns about whether this would be compatible with human rights laws. To sport now and an amazing comeback victory for the English Premier League pace setters. Arsenal's Reese Nelson scored the decisive goal in the seventh minute of added time at the Emirates with Arsenal beating Bournemouth 3-2. When the ball came out on the edge of the box, I was thinking before it happened, I was thinking, just please, just give me one chance, you know, and uh, the ball dropped in the right area and I just put my foot through it, you know, and... Uh, Happy went in the back of the net. <laughs> More than happy, I should well, think. Know, I'm buzzing, I'm buzzing, really, actually, I'm buzzing. Yeah, very happy. The gap between Arsenal and closest rivals Manchester City stands at five points in the title race. Pep Guardiola's side beat Newcastle United 2-0. Fourth place Spurs lost 1-0 at Wolves. Wesley Fofana scored his first Premier League goal as Chelsea beat Leeds also 1-0. Aston Villa defeated Crystal Palace by the same score. There's mounting pressure on David Moyes as West Ham suffered their biggest defeat of the season and losing 4-0 to Brighton. Pressure too on Brendan Rodgers again. Leicester City lost 1-0 at Southampton, who moved off the foot of the table. Southampton attacker Theo Walcott made his first start since November and had this frank assessment of the game. It wasn't a great game, was it? <laughs> if I'm being completely honest to watch at home, but, uh, or even here, but it's been a very interesting week. It's been very sort of challenging. You know, a lot of truths have been said you know, behind closed doors, which is important for players to hear and to see as well. See certain people that actually, you know, 
you know, there's a lot of people that care for this club, and it's nice to see this. Um, and I think today showed a, a team, not just a team that play, but a unit of players, even off the field, staff, everyone together, getting a result. Simple as that. And that's what it is now. I don't care how we play, I'll be honest with you. You know, some people, yeah, they want to see pretty football, but I'm, I'm a results man now to some extent in, in the league because, you know, obviously there's not many games left. And we got that today. Uh, I was pleased to see, definitely. In Formula One, the defending world champion Max Verstappen will start from pole position in tonight's season-opening Bahrain Grand Prix. His Red Bull teammate Sergio Perez was second quickest in qualifying. Here's the BBC's F1 commentator, Jack Nichols. It ended up being a fairly tight qualifying session. Max Verstappen after the first run, only a tenth of a second quicker than Ferrari's Charles Leclerc. But Leclerc opted not to run a second time, instead saving a set of tyres for the Grand Prix tomorrow, meaning Verstappen starts on pole with Sergio Perez alongside him. It was a difficult day for the Mercedes. George Russell sixth on the grid, Lewis Hamilton in seventh, both behind Fernando Alonso in a resurgent Aston Martin team who will line up fifth on the grid but Verstappen will be starting his title defence from the perfect spot in pole position. In golf, the American Kurt Kitayama leads the way on nine under par after the third round of the Arnold Palmer Invitational in Florida. South Korea's Ko Jin Young on 14 under par leads the American Nelly Korda by two shots in the early stages in the final round of the Women's World Golf Championship in Singapore. To end the news, the top stories once again. China forecasts that GDP growth will rise to about 5% this year and plans to create 12 million urban jobs in 2023. The central government also expects military spending to increase by 7.2% this year, the eighth year in a row of single-digit growth. And the Premier stresses the need to maintain one country, two systems and boost Hong Kong's long-term prosperity and stability. The news from RTHK. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a journey by a journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value, and a new
That's where I'm gonna go. 